All right, gentlemen, are we ready to start? Ready. Let's roll. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host, Mike Cordray, and joining us by the one true Ben and Mike. And here we are in the second monthly episode of 2023. We did it, people. We're being consistent. Right. Man, watch me have said that and then not get this episode out on time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's just now it's just pressure. Now you got to yep. hold yourself to it. Right. Well, that that was the reason I said it. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. We also hope to have have coming out sometime soonish a uh, a microsode, um, but uh, more on that as it develops, including probably a different name. But an episode that's mini sode, mini sode, micro sode, inter sode. I'm not quite sure. It's an it'll be an episode that is um, not one of our monthly episodes, and will likely not be of standard length or format. More explanation of that to come when it happens. Um, but this episode, we're going to talk about Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, and the OGL. Yes. And probably also Paizo and some other things. So That's the um, open game license for those that aren't initiated somehow. Right. Yep. Or it's the original Gangsta Layer. I'm not sure what. I'm <laughs> so. a little loopy right now, so uh, <laughs> enjoy, everybody. But first, of course, we have the standal, the standled, the standard <laughs> signal boosts. Told you I'm loopy. I forgot we were recording, and I took melatonin about 20 minutes before uh, before we started recording. We'll right. see if I'm still awake by the end. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, signal boosts. Yes, right. That someone else go. And kick All us right. off. All right. So I have two this week. Um, the first one is uh, one I just heard about tonight. Uh, it's called Droughtland. It's a. Uh, it's on Anchor FM. Um, I'm sure Neil will would have put will put a uh, link in the in the doobly doo. I will try to remember to put a link in the doobly doo. Yes, in the doobly doo. And then uh, now this is local to Springfield. Um, it is a uh, it is a podcast done by a couple folks that are uh, I guess relatives of a coworker of mine. It's an actual play podcast set in a barren land, roamed by zeppelins and railroad, and populated by raiders, dinosaurs, and voodoo. So it's got about 23 episodes. It started in December of 21. And so from, from what I can see, it looks pretty cool. Um, nothing too fancy. So you're not like, you know, paying a bunch of extra. I think it's on Spotify, on iTunes and a couple other places. <clears throat> so um, the other uh, is basically um, it's. What if Brendan Lee Mulligan got to run the game that he really, 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 really wanted to for a long time? Uh, it's it's uh, called The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One. Uh, it is through uh, Worlds Beyond Number. It's on Patreon. Uh, that link will also be in the doobly-doo. Um, and going to make more work for me then. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know I, I live for it. Uh, you know, this is why I live for the uh, Benazol ben jokes. Uh, but... Uh, so with this one, uh, it starts March 1st. Prior to that, they have done three little background uh, pieces uh, called Then and Now uh, with each of the characters as children. 
So Abrea Iyengar as a seven-year-old wizard or wizard-to-be is adorable. Lou Wilson as a as a childlike wild one, basically like a fey beast, uh, is just great, hilarious, hilarious as Lou Wilson, you know, is 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 known to be. Erica Ishii as a seven-year-old is just adorbs and hilarious. Uh, of the three, I think that's the one that is my favorite. Uh, simply for the whole, oh my god, this is too, you know, this is too cute beyond words. Um, but it it just shows, you know, it shows the depth that they've gone into. And evidently, uh, this is them as kids, like their level zero adventures. Uh, so yeah, the, my third one is actually very, uh, is actually very, uh, um, <coughs> pardon me, very, uh, you know, part of what we're doing tonight. Uh, Linda Codega, uh, who is the, uh, uh, who is the uh, reporter who broke the story that we're going to be covering tonight. You said she you works for two. Gizmo. Yeah, I know. And I, that is three. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I do, I, I, I take my, I take my cues from, uh, from the, uh, uh, Gal, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams. <laughs> my duology just turned into a trilogy. So. <laughs> Well, I think, I think what mostly harmless was the fixed book was the fifth book in the slightly extended hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy trilogy. So I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. somebody wrote a sixth one. I think it was young Colfer. I mean, convention. <sighs> so, so tag someone else is it. All right. So tag someone else is it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, mine is pretty straightforward. Um, it's a world of <clears throat> warships game on steam. Um, uh, I want to say, you know, it's a it's like a war simulation type game, but it's not as slow and potentially boring as that sounds, because a lot of those simulation games are like, I'm looking at spreadsheets or I'm looking at like hexagon grids and that's it or whatever. Like this is more of a like, you know, quicker paced um, team battle in the water kind of thing. It's like uh, basically World War One, World War Two era ships, um, like from the early 1900s to like end of the 1940s, roughly. Um, mostly World War II era stuff, I would say. Um, there's a variety of uh, variety of nations or powers uh, that that all have their unique, you know, tiers of ships and uh, types of ships. And there's a, there's all there's a lot of like historically accurate stuff in it too. It's kind of interesting if you're you know if you're history buff, probably dig some of the stuff. They have like collections that have these like old photos and medals and like information about like battles and and stuff. Um, now it's free, so of course you know it has like their their monetization system where it's like hey you can buy doubloons which are like you know world warships fun box which you can then mm-hmm. use to like buy ships or bonuses or cosmetics or whatever um but it's not pay to win because it has like uh like a matchmaking tier system so everybody has to be like rough on the roughly the same power level so it's not yeah. like world of tanks their other game where you have premium ammunition i haven't played world of tanks so i couldn't tell you but i know no, that there's... that's the older game that's like the first one that they like broke out with i think they became name, uh, known for i'm asking so it doesn't have premium bullets no okay world of no, tanks just... did which was one of the reasons that i uh do you know when that was while back back when world of tanks was new and big and because they may have such, I, mean, but... I have no idea but it's entirely possible that they have altered or scrapped that easy as um, possible but sorry i didn't mean to derail i just was curious yeah no i mean I wouldn't be like, hey, guys, don't worry, it's not pay to win. Meanwhile, there's, like, special ammunition that you pay to blow shit up faster. That would, yeah, that, that suppose, would fall under that umbrella. I suppose you're you're completely right about that. 
but yeah i mean i've I played it enough to like you know know all the basics so if there's something like that i would be aware of it um it's one of those games that's like uh, it's like chess and that it's very easy to learn the rules but uh takes a while take or you know a lifetime potentially to, to master um so there's basically um five or so class of ships you've got your destroyers your cruisers your battleships your aircraft carriers and your submarines and um yeah it's that's uh, an aircraft carrier work so you control the aircraft as your main like weapons or whatever your weapon modules and the ship just kind of like chills more or less i mean it moves but it's like obviously very slow because it's a freaking aircraft right. carrier um so then you have battleships that are like the next smallest that are still very slow and big and tanky and whatnot yeah um so they they can take a beating and they obviously have gigantic ass cannons and stuff um yeah. the downside There's is that you know that they have uh like shit for speed and maneuverability and that their their cannons because they're so powerful take a long ass time to reload so the rate of fire is atrocious uh and then you have your cruisers um which are like middle of the road versatile ships that are you know more uh have a bigger kick to their guns and can take more hits than a destroyer but um, they're not as speedy and agile and stuff. And then, of course, the destroyer is the you know, other end of that where they're kind of glass cannony, you know, and um, they have uh, they tend to have more torpedo launchers. Where basically, it's going to be certain cruisers and most of the destroyers that have torpedoes, one of the weapons you have. And then you've got submarines, obviously, which are you know, the king of torpedoes. Uh, and uh, I haven't really... They're, they're, they have like uh, this hybrid kind of like something that's like in between an aircraft carrier and a battleship. It's kind of like in an early access type stage right now where like you can play if you have a high enough tier or whatever. I don't really know what those are like. I hear mixed opinions on them. But anyway, um, I'm about midway through the tiers. There's like 10 tiers of ships. Uh, basically, it's like you earn XP during matches and then you spend that XP to research ships and upgrades for the ships and stuff along with the little mm-hmm. credits, which are like the, you know, stuff that you just earn from playing. You don't have to act, pay money for or anything. Um, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's cool because it's like you can play super casual or you can get really sweaty with it if you want and everything in between, you know, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I actually don't have anything to signal boost this, this uh, episode. I forgot to think about that and was not was unable to come up with anything in the delay of you two talking. Um, so, hooray! I don't know. I just think of the first thing that comes to your head. Uh, something you've enjoyed in twenty twenty three. Um, I, the the issue here is that everything I can think of, I've already signal boosted at least once. All right, we'll reboot so something like, real quick then. I've been playing Neo two, which is a lot like Neo one, but it's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, riveting. Um. And honestly, it's it's like I'm my opinion on it is mixed um, because the first Neo game and now the second one, their their initial player balance is not the greatest. Like once you get in and you've gotten a few and, and you've done a few missions and gotten a few levels under your belt, then, um, you know, done a little bit of upgrading then it starts to feel good, but it feels really bad at the beginning. Um, and that was the case for both games. So I'm not, I'm not recognizing the name. What, 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 uh, kind Neo, of N I O H. They're like oh, a mix okay. between dark souls and Ninja Gaiden, right? Because they were made by the people who made Ninja Gaiden and they tried to make a souls like game. Sounds legit. So, 
They're very fun. I do like both of I do like both of those games, so I'd probably enjoy it. Yeah, like they're they're very fun games. Like like they they they're not op- they're not massive open worlds. Uh, they're they're mission based, but each mission has each mission zone has um you know very um like has pretty exp- like each level is pretty expansive. So um so like it's not unlike like one one of the things i that kind of bounced me off of dark souls aside from its initial difficulty which i like i understand yeah get good scrub but um uh, <clears throat> but one of the things that bounced me off of dark souls other than the difficulty level was how like it was kind of hard to figure out where i was supposed to go or and what i was supposed to do without a guide <laughs> and that and neo fixes that in that you're in a semi-confined area, so it's not as easy to get lost. Um, and aside from that, um, this isn't a signal boost so much as a I was right and I'm proud of myself. The sixth, uh, the sixth Hitchhiker's Guide book and another thing was in fact written by Ewan Colfer. So the title I, is And Another Thing? Yes, it's called And Another nice. Thing. Um, so anyhow... Um, that's all I got. Like I said, I didn't really have much. And we got a lot to talk about for the open gaming license and Yep. Oh boy. Um so spoiler of the week. <laughs> um I really just kind of want to go with corporations are not your friend. Yeah, I was going to go with something like uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, capitalism's great because uh <laughs> that means I can not patronize those businesses that I think are being dicks. Yeah. So yeah, they um, are. Uh... But yeah, I would say I would say a variation on that, you know, like something along the lines of um, corporations will um, will see what they can get away with, yeah. <laughs> more or less. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of takes on like the speculation on like, you know, what their ultimate intent was and stuff. And like and I just want to while I'm thinking about this, put this out there. This is yeah. a broader thing than just this specific instance. But um, a yeah. thing that. uh uh, a thing that I've noticed, and it's, you know, obviously it's hard to like, um, it's hard to like pin something down with concrete evidence and be like, aha, because it's just kind of like reading between the lines and speculating. But it's like, mm-hmm. okay, a corporation will be like, oh, hey, we're doing thing A. And uh, and it seems really like a really big drastic change to like some existing franchise or business model or property or, you know, IP or whatever it is. And then all these fans, consumers, and whatnot will like react really strongly in a negative way. And then they'll be like, Oh, okay, yeah, no. Um, we really, we really listen to the fans, so we're not going to do A. And then, like, <laughs> they let some time pass, and they let it die down, and then they do B, which is just like A minus a few degrees, which is, is always what they intended mm-hmm. to do in the first place. They just put A out so that then they could look like, oh, hey, we we listen, and then it's like a frog being boiled alive slowly, right? In right. Uh, in negotiation terms, that's referred to as anchoring. Ah, uh, oh. Um, wherein you have you your first bid is outlandish but at the same time you know it's going to get shot down but you start really high because mm-hmm. that way when someone ar- that way when somebody argues down you down to what you actually wanted they feel like they won but right. you got exactly what you wanted so yep um 
So that is entirely a possibly a thing that uh, that Watsi could be doing. But really, in my opinion, this struck me very much as a CEO not understanding why his business is actually making money because it has been reported significantly that the CEO of that, that like the person in charge at Watsi mm-hmm. isn't one of us. Well, and, and part of this is that a lot of this was initiated by Hasbro mm-hmm. who wanted to um, who basically wanted to um, make D and D monetize more like video games. Yes. And the whole idea is, Hey, these, these, these customers are standing between us and our money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, when they don't and, realize that, uh, I mean, that was, that was, they're kind not of the, 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 they don't also don't realize they're not the only game in town. Anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that, um, <laughs> it's like D and the whole, the whole D and D concept or like mm-hmm. culture or whatever is bigger than just the like specific brand. It's, it's like a whole, it's like a whole subculture and like thing with, it's kind of, you know, metastasized with the, um, with the, you know, uh, advent of all these popular streaming shows like Critical Role and Dimension 20 and all these mm-hmm. others and like mm-hmm. just the resurgence of it and the popularity of 5th edition and all this stuff like it's kind of a perfect storm with like the technology and cultural forces and this cultural zeitgeist and everything and instead of what, looking at it and going hey look like this is like this is what sustains it this is the bread and butter they looked at it uh, the other way around where it's like oh look at all these people making money off this thing look at all this money we could be making and you know, although I do think that there's a, you know, there's a potential um, of the whole like anchoring thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, it, it was really foolish and short-sighted because even though they walked back this stuff, like most of the damage has been done. Like they just trashed their yeah. reputation oh. among people like, that are, you know, like that actually yeah. give a shit about it. You mm-hmm. know, not even necessarily like super hardcore people, just like people that follow it and play it in some capacity. It's like well, even that, the yeah. quote-unquote casuals now are like. Mm-hmm more like finger on the pulse with what's going on because we live in Mm. the 21st century not in an era where the only way to knew know what was going on was like reading the monthly dragon magazine or like talking to the guy at the hobby shop like everybody knows what happens like five minutes after it happens right i mean following this on twitter mm -hmm. was insane um because i i i picked up on it on gizmodo and uh started following linda cadega and her twitter was like I get on a flight and this shit changes, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing, I, I think you tapped onto something else in there, Mike, um, that I've got to agree with is they did not realize they're thinking, Oh, look at all these people making money off of our thing. And what they don't realize is they're making money off of our community, us, the D and D community. They, right. And we, mm-hmm. and we drive this. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I, I do need to, I think it's, it's worth pointing out that I mm-hmm. don't, I, I, I very much cannot get behind in this particular case, the idea that this was an anchoring, um, mm-hmm. like argument. Yeah. Because specifically, um, initially the OGL 1.1 was disseminated to people under a non-disclosure agreement that someone had to violate in order for the news to break. Yeah, it was leaked in the first place, so yeah, it's important yeah. to contextualize this. So why don't you, yeah. um, w- before we get too into the weeds again, uh, Neil, if you want to mm-hmm. just piggyback and give the the big bullet points that everybody was freaking out about. 
Okay. Um, so, as I recall, and it's been a little bit, been a while. As I recall, um, the main thing that rustled everyone's jimmies um, was Hasbro slash Watsy slash whatever um, saying, "Okay, we are going to get a piece of everything you do." Also. Um, like, like we, we get ownership, we get partial ownership over, over stuff that you are doing because you're using our IP. Right. Yep. Um, what is, what is really interesting, um, that at least to my, in my opinion, is that with the exception of the fact that like there would be very difficult legal battles to be fought, Mm -hmm. a lot of what they actually wanted to do wouldn't have had much in the way of teeth because w- pretty much the main thing that people use the OGL for is um, rule standard standardization. And it has been um, established very heavily in amounts of precedent that rules cannot be copywritten. Yeah. So I assume you saw the Legal Eagle video about this. I watched the Legal Eagle video about this. Yeah. Yeah, because he um, went into that very specifically, and that was a pretty good video. Yeah. Um, hey, there, there's a thing that we can shout out. Legal Eagle. There you go. Um, he's once I think we again him before. I feel once like, again, yeah. politically, he's kind. Of, he's a little bit left of uh, of of um, some dials, but at the same time, his analysis is is primarily factually based. I've only seen a few of his videos, but I you know I didn't really get any specific political vibes. Mm-hmm. Well, when, if you watch any of his videos well. where he talks about politics, then, you, then it, it starts to become apparent pretty quick. But Well, I don't, uh, I don't need <laughs> another outlet for political shit, so that's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> I get enough of that as it is just existing. That's fair. Mm-hmm. No, um, but in any case, um, the fact that you cannot copyright rules um, was something that, yeah, it was, it was small. It, it was a... Uh, it was, it was, I cannot think of what it, um, it's like, okay, that, that's, that's great. Yeah. You can't copyright rules. Um, but, uh, you do realize that they can still try and sue us over that. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's and, the whole and, like, uh, bleed them dry lawfare kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. And the thing is, is that they, at, at, in doing so, they turned allies into enemies. Yeah. Yeah. The, what they, what the various CEOs of uh, of whoever you know, who wherever you want to point the blame, be it at Watsi, be, be which is by the way Wizards of the Coast, um, or at Hasbro, um, like at a higher level, yeah, somebody shat the bed. Well, I would mm-hmm. I would venture to guess that most of this is like um, more Hasbro centric because they seem to have a history of this shit. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. fresh off the heels off their like weird money grubbing, uh, Magic the Gathering stuff. Like, like that was a smaller snafu just very recently with uh, yeah, like this anniversary plan thing that they had that was rubbing people the wrong way. And then like five minutes pass, and then this happens. So it's kind of a fucking double whammy where it's like you already had kind of like you know a little bit of blood in the water, and then this leak happened. Everyone lost their shit, rightfully so, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean. The magic, the magic thing, was its own special brand of stupid. Um, 
It's like, hey, it's the the 30th (laughs) anniversary of Magic the Gathering. So let's sell cards that you cannot use um, that are... uh, that are reprints of the most powerful cards in the game so that, hey, you can say you own a Black Lotus. Oh, hey, and let's charge $1,000 a booster pack. It's just, it's such a weird... It's a a weird vibe. It's like, let's celebrate the, let's celebrate the fandom by trying to bilk the whales for all they're worth. Yes, (laughs) it's very much a... Well, and also, Wizards of the Coast, like, Magic um, has been having just like magic has has been having iteration issues for a while they've been over monetizing it in my opinion with a lot of special releases and secret layer drops and mm-hmm. things along those lines this coming from a guy who is playing magic the gathering arena while he's recording this podcast because otherwise his ADD brain will go insane um like i love the game but they are they've been trying to kill it for like three or four years now. I mean, two things can be true at the time. You can be a big fan of like thing A or media B and then also recognize that it's getting ridiculous with like the amount of sequels or reboots or spinoffs or lack of creativity or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. uh, case in point, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, like a lot of people think it's total dog shit after Endgame. Now, not everybody, but a lot of people do. And that doesn't mean that they didn't genuinely like it, but you know, like at the same time, there's, you know, you can acknowledge like, okay, like maybe, uh, maybe don't churn out the content yeah. so often. And of course those two are kind of tied together because if you're trying yeah. to constantly churn out that content out of the pipe, it's obviously you know, it's typically going to be less quality. Yeah. But yeah. So, the other thing, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. was that this OGL, uh, th- this new OGL re- was going to require renewal, whereas the other one was right. supposed mm-hmm. to theoretically be, uh, to exist in perpetuity. A lot of it was the well, like, the uncertainty the of it. You know, it's like we'll see, and know, that's not yeah, that's an important at any given moment. Yeah, and that was the important part there, Neil. Um, <clears throat> in perpetuity doesn't mean uh, irrevocable. In perpetuity yeah. means as long as we feel like it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> and, uh, but interestingly enough, the uh, the wow, wow, it is true that the current OGL exists in perpetuity. That was uh, that has been stated by a few people to have been essentially a typo. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, the it, intent it, when it was being drafted initially mm-hmm. was for it to exist um, irrevocably, but right. it was not worded as such. And yeah. the source of that that came from that primarily was from Paizo was, yeah, we were there when it was being written. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, well, that's a good thing to point out is that uh, people should definitely. Uh, that are interested in this should definitely check out like some of the Paizo folks response and like their announce of their own like open system and stuff, because Paizo is quite literally made by people that were in D and D and were around when all this shit was going down. So they know firsthand, like a lot of the details and stuff. Yeah, behind it. They, they, they helped the they, and they literally helped to write the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the OG, the, the OGL 1.0 um, mm-hmm. because that was kind of like, the, the people who were, who were like, and Paizo has its own corporate problems these days, but back then they were kind of the hippies of the gaming world. <laughs> well, and so, and the thing to keep in mind is Paizo, Cobalt Press, and there's one other I'm, I'm scanning for it, have basically um, started their own 
uh, and this is the allies that turned into enemies, have basically mm -hmm. started their own setup for their own gaming system. The O-R-C, um, the Orc. <laughs> is that yeah, what they did there. Right? Uh, but yeah, and there was something else in that too. Uh, we were talking about copyright. Um, basically, um, yeah, where is it? Because I was reading the read through the article on it. Um, in addition to paying like 25% over a certain amount, like 750000 uh, you know, then um where is it uh basically anything you that you created you had to send to uh to wizards of the coast and then they could use it as they chose they yeah. got to use your toys right yeah it's we own your intellectual property uh no it's yeah, just also, I just like to point out, just it's 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 completely contrary to the whole yes. spirit of D anD D in the first mm -hmm. place. Is like D anD D is like, yeah. hey, you uh, you know, you're uh, like you create your own worlds and your own things, and like, oh, the only rules that matter are like what you decide, and so right. it's like, okay, so it's mm -hmm. you and you're empowered to do your own thing, but oh, but we own everything, and uh, we want to take the fun yeah. out of it. Well, and, and other details <laughs> to this: the original OGL was 900 words. Okay, OGL mm -hmm. 1.1 9 thousand. Yeah. I never even read it. the whole thing because I was like, what? well, one, I've been done with, I haven't really cared about what was going on in official Dungeons and Dragons world in a long, mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, I've played some fifth ed, um, but I've been mostly into Pathfinder one and two and also mm -hmm. multitudinous other systems because in all honesty, and I've said this to my, to, to my main gaming group, I'm burnt out on fantasy tabletop RPGs a little mm -hmm. bit. Right. I've been playing in some version of Dungeons and Dragons since I was 16. Yeah, that's more than fair. You gotta, you gotta make sure. And it it's like, you know, they make games that are like set in the old West and the weird West and they make space science fiction and, and horror and, and, and like, intrigue and war yeah there's all sorts of stuff yeah <laughs> why, so everything why, why why is it that for 18 years now i've been playing in generic fantasy setting um by so, the yeah. way Paizo is developing the open rpg creative license or orc gotta so, love that acronym <laughs> So and and the funny thing is is with this with this whole the presentation of this so looking at Gizmodo okay uh December 21 um you know yeah the OGL's not going anywhere there might be some slight edits to it mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um and uh you know it's not going away you'll still be able to create new D&D content publish anywhere and game with your friends and followers and all the ways that make this gaming community so great that's a direct quote uh you know um the, yeah, and the basically thousands of creators publishing across Kickstarter, DMs, Guild, and more are a critical part of D&D experience, and we will continue to support and encourage them to do that through the one D&D and beyond. Come January 5th, it's when you will do this the way we say it, and you will give us total control of your shit. And it's just like, suddenly it is a completely different message. And, yeah, there's definitely again, some whiplash going on there for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, and, and they, tr like, they... They announced that there was going to be a change, but then they didn't talk about the change and, and tried to sneak it under the radar. Mm -hmm. And then some people, like Hasbro, uh, overestimate Hasbro's lawyers overestimated the binding of capability of a non-disclosure agreement. Like right. some some create, and I don't know. Do do we know who um, broke the story to Linda Kodega? Like who who violated NDH for her to her? 
as I far as I know, she has not disclosed that. And, and I don't think she I, and, will. And if she's a good journalist, she won't. But, right. um, <laughs> well, yeah. But, one, yeah, and, anonymous mm-hmm. sources are a thing. And mm-hmm. two, if you're a big enough create, if, if you're big enough that you were sent this, hey, this is what we're going to be doing, don't tell anybody, you're mm-hmm. also potentially big enough to say, F that noise. Right, exactly. It's entirely possible, like, I, I am not trying, <clears throat> legally speaking, I am not implicating any of the following, uh, any of the following named uh, organizations or uh, or mm-hmm. people in having done this, but it's entirely possible that someone like Critical Role or Glass Cannon or someone, like, really big in the, um, mm-hmm. in, in the actual play world, which is really kind of what was getting hit more than anything. Right. Um, was like, well, we make a lot of money. We have many lawyers. Let's mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Um, well, and and more importantly, you know, once it broke, mm-hmm. the response was so intense and so hard. You know, and people started hitting them where they where they lived. Once they started losing um, subscriptions on D and D Beyond, D and D Beyond went, turned into a crater. Right. Uh, and, and, and basically it was, it was basically the, the fans going, fuck you, you're taking our toy, you know, you're taking our toy and you're not sharing. So we're going to stop playing with the toy you're trying to make money off of. And they suddenly had not, you know, they were looking at, like you said, a smoking crater yeah. of, you know, of a reputation. And well, it's, it's, there's a certain irony there too, with like their online offerings having been so lackluster for so long and then trying mm-hmm. to strut around to be like, we own the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I remember like they, tr- they kind of farted around and like during fourth edition and the D and D insider thing that didn't, it, it, they're kind of experimenting. didn't really quite work. And it's just, things are kind of yeah. all over the place for years. And like mm-hmm. it got to the point where it's like, okay, we're like in the mid, you know, twenty tens and like there's still not like a like a serious official D D online resource type. And that's just ridiculous. I mean, come on. Like right? how far behind the times are you? And then they do D D beyond and people like perk their ears up, oh really? And then they look into it and it's like, Oh, well, wait a minute, like I just I have to rebuy everything and it's like this yeah. specific yeah. proprietary thing and like I mean, it's gotten better over time and there's some value in it depending on your specific circumstance. But for the people that mm-hmm. are like mainstay people by and large, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to rebuy the books again. So no thanks. Like right. <laughs> it just didn't make a lot of sense. So it's like, right. I, you know, I feel and, like part of it is like they screwed the pooch, uh, you know, on those offerings. And then they're just kind of like trying to, you know, weasel try to act out like- of yeah of weaseling your way out i think it's worth we, we so we, we've talked about what they tried to do um we talked about some of the blowback um ha, did either of you read their official um uh, yes they're, they're it's so cringe dude. their damage control like uh, okay right? here's the thing like one of the most frustrating things their attempt as, to spin <laughs> as a consumer or I don't know, voter, whatever it is, like, you know, when you're just like, you know, a member of the public that has a few brain cells to rub together mm-hmm. and somebody's so clearly trying to manipulate you or pander to you, like that makes me more mm-hmm. angry than if they just said nothing, you know? Yeah. Or just said something extremely generic. Like, okay, their their initial response is like, we rolled a one. It's like I would really guys clear from this reaction really? that we rolled a one. Oh, it's like, oh, like, yeah, they get that's oh, like they referenced the die, they said the thing, yeah. they really get me, you guys. All is yeah. forgiven. It's and like, what an insult to my intelligence. What yeah, said, like, we, we had three like, goals in mind in doing this, which mm-hmm. was 
prevent D&D content from being used in hateful and discriminatory discriminatory Oh, shit. We want mm-hmm. to address those attempting to use D&D in Web3 and blockchain games and NFTs. Um, <clears throat> and we wanted to ensure that the OGL is for the content creator, the ho- like, no, no, no. You are trying, you are saying that we wanted to do all these things. And sure, those were... Those, those, those were <laughs> things that, well, those were things that were sort of in the provisional um, 1.1 uh, thing that got leaked. The thing is, that wasn't really what they were doing. It was like, yeah, we'll, we'll throw in these nice things. Uh, yeah, no one else can do NFTs except for us, right? Um, <laughs> By the way, no, really, we just want your money. How fucking dumb is it to be like, oh, you know what, gang? I know what'll get them back on our side. Uh, mentioning NFTs, all the kids love right. the NFTs, right? It's like, well, they were like, serious? we're going to prevent people from you from making D and D NFTs. It was right. like, no, no. Um, well, it's well, like most of the people that are upset about this are the kind of people that think NFTs are bullshit in the first place, which is my point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and, I, and I'd like and to and point out that thing... NFTs are bullshit. But yes, uh, of course yeah. they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just, well, and, I'm just and the thing is. Yeah, the thing I'm going, them going, oh, we rolled a one. That's like, what's that thing with Steve Buscemi? He's like, hello, yeah, normal how teenagers. do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, we're just going, I mean, they, uh, yeah. And by the way, that whole like, oh, we want to prevent hateful content, or whatever, like, that's so insulting and condescending and ridiculous. It's like I mean, the, that, that, the popularity of D&D yeah. and like the, the massive spread of the game, like, uh, mm-hmm. in person and over online and all these different like communities and shows and stuff like they, mm-hmm. they, they self police. Like, let's be real. Like, well, somebody like there, there's always going to be bad actors in any fandom. Um, mm-hmm. and D and D does have some rather toxic behavior that it has been that, that it, like, and by D and D I should point out, I'm using that like Kleenex, like um, tabletop game. Yeah. Tabletop, tabletop yeah. RPGs, TTRPGs yeah, tabletop have yeah. had, um, have had some uh, issues with, um, with with toxicity and gatekeeping. Like yeah. this is true, and it is something yeah. that the that that the community has been and is still growing out of. Um, right. But, but like a benevolent corporate overlord is going to fix that problem. Give me a fucking no. break. Right. Corporations exactly. only care about how much money they are making. That's why they are not your friend. But right. the thing Corporations is, they're, they're, are, they're yeah. trying to use that as a shield to like yeah. deflect from what they're actually doing and like virtue yeah. signal at the same time. And it's just gross. Look at us mm-hmm. looking out for you. Yeah, no bullshit. Yeah, yeah exactly. I am and, and... always reminded of uh, D&D Shorts did a long thing about it. Shout outs to D&D Shorts as well. They they covered a lot of, of stuff. They're a YouTube, TikTok, Facebook Reels channel that primarily does silly Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition builds, but he also has, you know, contacts in the industry and right. hang on uh, just a second. I gotta go rescue a dumb cat. <laughs> well, have fun. I'll I'll still read this quote. Um it said uh one of one of the comments in his thing, one of the top comments was it's really intriguing how Watsy and Hasbro executives believe that they can slip a relatively short document with dotty terms past a million strong community who read pages of not one, but multiple rule books and internalize sophisticated mechanics and crunch numbers and math and regularly either design or outthink devious plots and deceptive villains for fun. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pretty obvious when you put it that way. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, the, you, you really thought you could get one over on like, Honestly, I'm sorry, but the geeks. Yeah, the TLDR of what 
Neil's quoting there is just that really guys, you thought you're going to slip in a little like technicality against all these people that like reads hundreds against of pages the rules books lawyers and, and like solve <laughs> right. puzzles and stuff. It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, this was going, you're, you're trying to put this against a bunch of very intelligent people who, yeah, who, who, who thrive on this kind of conflict. Yeah. Not an improvisational theater for fun, but intelligent people that are fixating on a very specific thing as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And And, yeah. Well, to the response, I mean, I think we've kind of covered what they've been trying to do, you know, but the response was amazing. This is one thing I love about being part of this D and D community. Yeah. I mean, you had in the greater, yeah, the greater T the greater tabletop RPG. Yeah. Like, Actually, I, I think the I think geek community overall, because uh, you had not just not just you know rank and file geeks like us, you know who do, but you had you know some names you know coming up there and going, uh, excuse me, this is bullshit, <laughs> you know. You could tell, like, I think I think my favorite response mm-hmm. was actually from Critical Role, uh-huh. um, because they very diplomatically said nothing mm-hmm. while visually saying a whole lot but (laughs) like 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 they they were laying down all of the this is bullshit vibes but we got contracts with watsi that we don't and and negotiations that we don't want to screw up but like (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then (laughs) and then you know so you've got and we've got you've got the rank and file fan you've got guys like us you know uh going well fuck let me just you know cancel my subscription and suddenly you know hasbro and watsi's uh stock just drops like a fucking rock and uh, but... uh the other thing the other thing that happened there was uh paizo um like mm-hmm. uh, Pat, um so like not just are they introducing the orc but uh-huh. uh, they sold out of a year's worth of stock in a month exactly well not because only that everyone mm-hmm. because with hasbro I, I think one of the primary follies of the people who made this decision um, mm-hmm. was one, not actually being part of the community, but being aware that the community tip very often uses D and D as a mm-hmm. shorthand for any and all TTRPGs. Kind of like how you don't say facial tissue, you say Kleenex. Right. Band aids or yeah. Like people, uh, and, people and I like think mom that saying silk oh, when she means soda or, yeah, like Velcro. So I, yeah, Velcro is, you know, that the that that the higher ups were like, well, we are the one, we're we're Dungeons and Dragons, and that's all that anyone ever talks about. Therefore, we're the only game in town, and they most demonstrably are not. Mm-mm. Yeah, I definitely agree because, with that. So yeah, you've got the orc, then you've got uh, uh, Cobalt Press's project Project Black Flag. Um, you know, and yeah, and I think that's the thing is they're starting to realize is like, oh God, you know, they're not, they're not just mad at us. They're not just gonna, they're not just gonna, you know, um, you now know, stop buying our shit. They're, they're going, going to, to go some, to someone else. I do want they're to point something be... out as well. Cause, um, mm-hmm. you touch on uh critical role again, and mm-hmm. this isn't specific to them, but it's a good example of this. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, and it also ties into the second point you made there, Neil, about them like misunderstanding the situation with like mm-hmm. how people are talking about the game and the space and everything. Here's the thing, and this goes for like all sorts of different internet like uh, streamers and YouTube channels and whatever. Like 
like content, uh, it's such a generic term, but content creators. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So many people will like subscribe to a channel, subscribe to a Twitch feed or channel or whatever. They'll, they'll, they'll get invested in some individual or group. And it's not necessarily just the game they're playing or the thing they're doing. It's them. It's them yeah. as individuals and groups. Mm -hmm. And like, they're like, they have, like, they trust their authenticity. They trust their mm -hmm. opinion. They like the vibes or person, whatever it is, a combination of all these things. Right. So let's mm -hmm. just say critical role tomorrow dropped D and D and started playing Pathfinder two big fucking deal. Everybody would still watch their ass because it's critical fucking role. And they love the people that, are doing it. They're talented. They're interesting. They're funny. They have a good relationship. They're genuine. Oh, absolutely. Having fun. It's right. them that makes the show, not D and D. And that's well, what they didn't realize. Right. And Critical Role is a, as I recall, and I may be wrong, but didn't Critical Girl go from yes. Pathfinder to D and D? Game was Pathfinder. They started in Pathfinder. So yeah, like the magic yeah. was always there, but they just right. weren't broadcasting it to the world. Tell you so, what, so like, Critical, if Critical right. Role so, ever ever started playing. I don't know, like Deadlands, I would start watching them immediately. I just well, uh, so here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing, and this plays to what this goes to what Mike was talking about. If Critical Role goes from D D five E to Pathfinder 2.0, so will their fans. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing. If Matt Mercer goes, hey, this is how I made Pathfinder 2.0 work. Yeah. Then suddenly fucking, you know, Paizo is going, oh God, we, you know, we just ran out of paper. Let's yeah, use I some mean, of that money. Well, I mean, they <laughs> practically ran out of paper anyway. To be exactly. fair, it doesn't, it doesn't mean they necessarily just like, you know, abandoned mm -hmm. they, they would just play both, you know, like they mm -hmm. would add it to the repertoire, but you know, yeah, it's yeah. not so much, it's not so much if it's when, like, it's only a matter right. of time because critical role isn't just like that mm -hmm. group of friends anymore it's a whole company it's a whole business it's a whole thing it's a whole almost yeah. platform in and of itself right right it's a whole cultural well, phenomenon you, so they're going got... to expand they're going to try different things um, right you know they've already kind of like done that in various ways but it was still D. &D. it's like different dms different campaigns or one shots mm -hmm. or anything they kind of they have experimented and done different things and it's only a matter of mm -hmm. time until um other game systems mm -hmm. become like more significant or a focus for a while. So it's like, it's going yeah. to happen because especially thing, right? you can't tie your ship. Like you can't yeah, tie yeah. it to one, your entire company and brand to like one system. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a proverbial putting all your eggs in one basket. And yeah. these days yeah. you have to take out a bank loan to buy eggs. So that's very important. Right. Well, and, and the well, thing and is, especially is since um, mm -hmm. the, the OGL brouhaha, I wouldn't be surprised if, the next campaign is not using uh, Dungeons and Dragons rules. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you've got, and then you've also got, you know, creators like uh, Dropout TV, uh, Dimension 20. Yep. You know, uh, and they do shit. They do weird shit all the time. I mean, uh, right. D20 did uh, what uh, uh, Brian Gar ran uh, Kids on Broomsticks, you know, uh, Kids on Brooms, uh, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, part of their appeal is that they switch it up more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and again, I think that's, that comes down to it is that, uh, Hasbro has suddenly realized not only are we, you know, are they going to stop, you know, this, this one thing here, they're going to stop everything. And all that money we were making is going to go to these other people. And we are going to go, you know, we're going to find ourselves in a wasteland, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to have a few, you know, and. And quite frankly, when you look at what's going to be left is, you know, oh, D&D &D all the way, you know, is the people they probably don't, uh, a lot of people they probably don't want, at, necessarily want as customers, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. 
give me a second here. Like there, there is a quote that, um, from Hasbro CEO, uh, Mm-hmm. Chris, Co- uh, Chris Cox and uh, with Watsy CEO Cynthia Williams um, said at one point, "Man, Dungeons and Dragons is under monetized." Yes. Um, then yeah. they were talking about how for an entire gaming group, pretty much you really only need one book, mm-hmm. um, because well, you pretty much only actually need one book. Everyone can mm-hmm. share it. Um, so it's like, oh well, that means that. We're twenty percent under monetized, but what they when they tried to fix that with ha 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 here's here's you know all the stuff they uh, they they didn't realize oh wait um, just because we're under monetized doesn't mean that we're uh, that we can get away with gouging being <laughs> insane. Well, the thing about right. it is like <laughs> I maybe a strong word, but the tragic thing about it is they're not wrong. Like to an extent, mm-hmm. their business model is under monetized, but like, mm-hmm. that's not how you go about it. Like they mm-hmm. identified yeah. a problem, but their solution mm-hmm. was really fucking bad. Cause it's like, yeah, there is truth to that. Like, okay, you have a business model that's very mm-hmm. dated, right? Like mm-hmm. the big, like, I mean, let's be real. It's 2023 and the crux of their thing is physical books. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. mean, granted, they've expanded. Into well, I mean, that, that, blah, that was what like, they were trying to fix with D and D Beyond, but it's right again. Well, that was kind of too little, too late to an extent. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, and the thing is, is that <clears throat> you you can you know you can get away with one player's handbook at a table, one DMG at a table, one monster manual at a table. But here's the thing: if you know, you've got that, that is your that is your monetary system. That is that is your that is your source of consumers. But there's a lot of tables out there, and right. you get Critical mm-hmm. Role out there bringing it from a thousand to ten thousand to a hundred thousand to a million tables. Yeah, you know. So so well, that's what kind of if you concept, right? Of what you're exactly saying, the Critical Role because Ex- I remember mm-hmm. like when the show was kind of taking off and stuff, and mm-hmm. like. Like Amazon was like selling out of D and D five E players handbooks and shit. Like it was mm-hmm. like for a long like it was getting nuts. And it's yeah. like it's the whole concept of okay, you can try to there's there's two main like forms mm-hmm. of increasing your like profit or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like you can either get more money from the customers you have or you can create new customers. Mm-hmm. And what right. they needed to do is create new customers and right. you know, get more creative and getting more profit out of the or business or whatever you want to call it. I mean it's both, but out of the right. customers you have, but it's like, you know, I feel like they, they focus too much on let's squeeze as many dollars out of the people we already have as possible instead of, okay, how do we expand the amount of people that we have and you have or, more consistency? Right. Or, you know, like you were saying, they were, they were putting out mediocre content to begin with, you know, yeah. do modules. Fuck. I mean, that's the thing. You only need one module, but you know what? Do a campaign to modules. I mean, the old, the old school version of it. Yeah. There was, they were like paper thin modules but you got a lot out of them and that's why they could be more creative and like how they how they come Mm -hmm. up with their products and like Mm -hmm. how they market them and like the events they organize and stuff like they could have done so much but it's just like i got like i got bored with a lot of this like they're just kind of churning out books like willy-nilly and like it got to the point where i wasn't even paying attention to what was coming out it's just i don't know it was like uninspired and generic Mm -hmm. and like right like some of the stuff where you know there's some stuff that has some merit and like reimagine mm-hmm. the classic or paying homage or whatever but there's way too much of it where it's just okay these yeah. are retreads from stuff from decades ago so why don't right. we pay full price for this now um, right when they could know. have turned around they could have turned around to matt mercer and say hey you know which they eventually did was hey 
you know, do, uh, you know, what uh, Critical Role actually printed their own stuff, didn't they? Yeah, they went with Great Ronin initially, and then they did that, like, collab book for the Exandria, the, um, or right. what was it called, the Wild Mount, yeah. Yeah, Wild Mount. And, you know, and they, and, yeah, they could have gone, I mean, D&D could have gone, you know, Hasbro could have gone to Matt Mercer and say, hey, you know what, let's do this thing. Let's, you know, let's, let's publish you, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, or, I mean, they, they, there's so many things, but I think you're right, Mike, is that instead of expanding their customer base, cause you're always going to have new people discovering D and D, you know, cause people go from, you know, you have new kids entering the world all the damn time, you know, you, or, you could, know, the dungeon master, the guy who owns all the books moves away. Right. Right. And you know? well, I want to keep playing, I guess, uh. Right? People make new friends and they have kids and there's all sorts of things that happen that like change things well, and yeah. add new potential players and customers and expand the culture and stuff. And then obviously right. free advertising and word of mouth with all it. And I feel like, I feel like they kind of, in a way it's weird, but mm -hmm. like um, a lot of the success that they had in recent years with like the explosion of the streaming and all this mm -hmm. stuff, like it actually, yeah. it actually did them a disservice and that they got kind of fat and lazy about it. Like they took okay, things for granted. everybody else kind of does our work for us. And we just mm -hmm. kind of strut around and go, well, we're D and D. So yeah, you right. buy our book now. Right. And it's like, no dude, you have to like earn the business and loyalty and stuff. You yeah. lost sight of it. Exactly. And you have, you have groups like dimension 20 and critical role who are earning the business because oh. they're putting out something that people want. You Before know? I forget, um, I did want to make another point and that is, there is a, I mean, there's all kinds of irony here in this discussion, but one of the most supreme forms of irony of this is that they're like, what they tried to pull with the OGL is all mm -hmm. this stuff where it's like, oh, we own everything forever and oh, and your stuff and oh, how dare you like use our stuff? And it's like, bro, do mm -hmm. you know the source of D&D? Like back in the day, like the original right. D&D, like TSR and stuff, it's like, it's like shit from ancient myth mythology and like they straight up stole the hobbits and got sued and had to change it to half like there's not a lot of original shit when it, when it comes to like dnd &D. it's all yeah. tolkien and ancient mythology yeah. and like other you know which you know there's nothing there's nothing inherently bad about that per se like it was inspired mm -hmm. by some of the coolest stuff so of course it resonates but it's like let's mm -hmm. be real most of the like core stuff of dnd &D is not original at all it's yeah. just not Right, no, that's, yeah, it's a hodgepodge of ideas and properties. I mean, that, that's part of why the OGL um, came into being in the first place, because people are like, well, I mean, we so, got, got to realize that, yeah, I guess we could copyright um, Beholders and Illithids, which they did, but, like, um, can't really put a copyright on a lot of our material anyway. Dwarves, orcs, mm -hmm. no, goblins, um like centaurs, like skeletons, zombies, bandits, pirates, like, all, yeah. like most of the stuff is just generic or specific property stuff from shit they don't own. Yeah, well, and and even and to take it even further, there's also the additional irony of the fact that like the game was originally, uh, like the world War was game. originally an add-on to a different game. Yeah, it was like mm -hmm. chainmail war chain game and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was was a war game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, it was a yeah. It's it's which is basically Warhammer forty k. You know, only you know what Warhammer forty k grew out of too. You know, yeah. is, uh, let's put all these units on the field and do you know strategic and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and it's kind of funny in that D and D has gone full circle from oh, there's all these minis too. We're just doing it all in our head. Do oh, look at the minis. <laughs> you oh, know, that was all I part mean, of the monetization. Like exactly. Back in, the, back in the third edition days, they're like, "Oh shit, guys! 
we got to mm-hmm. really like we we got to really start pumping up uh, pimping this um, this like a miniature battle mat type mm-hmm. stuff because we can sell all that stuff to put a huge premium, <laughs> right? And you know so, the thing yeah. is is that uh, the thing is is that you know the Hasbro missed out on a beautiful thing that Hero Forge you know picked up on is like hey you want to customize your minis look you go you know. Make your own custom minis using, you know, using the shit. Well, that's the thing and, is that they want to, they want to be all magic, the gathering style about it. Right. Where it's like buy booster packs of minis for a ridiculous price and hope you get what you want. Oh, you didn't. Yeah. Well, I guess just buy another pack or you <laughs> don't right. want to do the custom stuff. Then there's not as much, there's not, or, or as I was going to say, you could also go the other, um, the other wizards of the coast, uh, slash magic, the gathering path, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't get what you wanted in the, uh, in the booster pack. Okay, well, time to go to the secondary market. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will, I will say, you know, one thing in their defense, one uh, bounces out a little bit. I feel like 5th edition kind of took the right approach when it comes to that stuff, because it's like, obviously, and just being realistic about it, it's like, okay, well, if we acknowledge this under-monetize, they need, like, they need more revenue streams and options stuff, then, of course, you're going to want to, like, offer all these things like minis and tabletop accessories and grids and whatever right yeah, i mean that was like i get going, it but they didn't going even, the it wasn't the, like fourth ed right where it's like baked yeah. into the entire thing like you can totally do fifth edition theater of the mind there's nothing stopping it's fine yeah. technically the mm-hmm. grid stuff is all variant rules it's just exactly. going the tchotchke route honestly made makes just made just made a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. like that is if you want it if you feel like your ip is under monetized quote unquote Mm-hmm. that's really the solution you should be um you should be pursuing is mm-hmm. okay let's find like w- w- the issue here is well yeah it's under monetized but what we are currently doing has reached market saturation what we need is a different angle right mm-hmm. yeah it's like I, I feel like they should be focusing more on like okay like how do we how do we mix things up? How do we and how do we enhance the experience? Like how do we make what it is more than just what it is? Instead of okay, how do I squeeze the blood out of this friggin' stone on the thing that's yeah. already existing and saturated? Right. Like you said, you know, and it's yeah. like because there's been so many examples of that stuff where you have like you know all these interesting little like you know small companies and sellers that do these interesting things with like minis and music and sound effects and like there's just all these various things there's like a props and like there's just all this mm-hmm. stuff that's like tangential to the tabletop space that isn't offered by like the official company that prints the book you know so it's like yeah there's a much bigger market there but like mm-hmm. i feel like they don't want to like they're not it's like a big i guess to go back to world of warships it's like a it's like a big battleship is trying to turn very slowly instead of being a nimble destroyer it's just like oh okay i can see the I can see the demand yeah. for this. Let's pivot and just put a little bit of money into this and this and like experiment a little more. It, it feels like they didn't really like, they didn't want to diversify and be creative enough. They just want to, oh, we'll just churn out the books and just kind of, you know, rely Keep on doing what we're doing. And, yeah. Right. You know, it's just well, and, stagnant. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's an inherent weakness to a corporation uh, because a corporation is everything is done by committee. And especially when that committee is your shareholders. Right. You know, yeah. yeah people fair, who we, we talk a lot of shit about CEOs, but let's be real. Like a lot of the time, maybe even most of the time, mm-hmm. they're just mm-hmm. kind of like saying how high when the board of directors or shareholders, whatever, is saying jump. You know. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, you know, and and if you're cases. Yeah, and so if the shareholders are going, oh, I don't feel good about doing this thing here because it's too risky. You know, why don't we just do this other? You know, and, and they're playing the stock market, and mm-hmm. but that's yeah. that's also. You know, this is a lesson that they should have learned from Barnes and Noble. Uh, well, Barnes and Noble did kind of learn it, but they should have learned it from, you know, what is it uh, with the other one? Like, um, 
borders and yeah. Hastings and all that, they, you know, they went out of business and all of the small bookstores that like you pointed out, Mike could pivot quickly and did are thriving now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they, you know, this, this, this big monolith, all these massive bookstores are, you know, driving them out of the business. Yeah. They, we got, we got all this, but now they become beholden to these, to their shareholders, you know, who are going, you know, who are going, no, no, let's do this other thing, you know, or let's get a committee on that, or let's put that in a focus group. When you got these little guys going, yeah. Hey, let's take a chance on this, you know, I, and I know, I know it's easier said than done, but like, I feel like in many cases, they, they look at the landscape mm -hmm. and they see it as a problem instead of an opportunity. Exactly. Like, there's so many things where it's like, it's, you know, there's all these different, like, you know, um, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, you know, content creators and like game systems mm -hmm. and like all these trends and all this stuff. It's like, it's very like with the internet and popular culture, it's very experimental and moving fast and stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, one person can look at that and be like, oh man, like this is, the, this is the time to be in this business. Like, this is interesting. Like we could actually mm -hmm. do something that's unique and make our mark. And then other people look at it and they, it's, it's how they kind of read the tea leaves as Watsi, I feel like, or maybe has right. in general. Mm -hmm. It's more like, oh, this is scary and confusing and we got to clinch down quickly and like squeeze all right. the money we can out of this. And it's like, you know, they're, they're I don't know. It's like, I mean, I, well, I, yeah, yeah, they're trying they're to kind of desperate because like things have not been going so well, like overall, like for Hasbro. Um, uh, but yeah. Like, well, know, at the end of the day, it's it, like, you gotta so, figure it out. Um, it's time for Neil's anti-capitalist screed. Um, one of Wait, the problems I we were kind of doing that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go a little bit harder. One of the big problems is everyone's like, like they're not doing so great. The, like they're still raking in a lot of money. The real problem here is that shareholders don't want a lot of money. They want all the money. Yeah. It's not as simple as that. Well, and here, the other thing is the shareholders are risk averse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the problem when you deal with, you know, because they're already gambling, but they're gambling with, uh, you know, with a whole different series of, of, um, variables when you're talking about the stock market. And the thing is, is this tanked, this tanked Hasbro's, uh, Hasbro's stocks for a while. And Man. I don't know if it's recovered yet. <laughs> Oh, well, that's to check, <laughs> but you know, and hey, so, the yeah, flip them... side, the flip side of it is that like, you know, um, competition kicks in, you know, like, mm -hmm. exactly. like corporations failing aren't, isn't a bad thing. Like when mm -hmm. they're, when they're not serving, they're oh, not providing a valuable boy. product, then, yeah. you know, like, you know, there, there are times where, you know, it's like, okay, well, if they kind of suck, mm -hmm. then okay, good. Like <laughs> right. bigger is not always better. And like, you know. I don't know. I just right. like look at the looking at the one month uh, trend on on Hasbro's uh, stock value, and um, there's a rather sudden precipitous drop um, on January the twenty seventh, right? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> and it it uh, it it rallied a bit, but it actually no, their uh, their stock has not recovered. See, I think it's so right? funny that like. <laughs> They try to like do those responses like we rolled a one, huh, lols, and it's like yeah, whatever, bro. Like we know what this is about. Yeah, you will. <laughs> well, no, well, I, I think that I, I think that uh, if you'll if you'll forgive me, Paizo said, "Hey, they rolled a one. I get an attack of opportunity." 
<laughs> right. Well, that's yeah, because they were yeah, they were trying to backpedal, and then Paizo took the attack of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They forgot to five foot step. <laughs> right. They forgot to disengage. I mm. mean, it just like yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. And again, they have created their own competitors, people who could have been allies. You yeah. know, and what they've done at this point is they have completely black backpedaled everything that they initially mm -hmm. said we're going to leave 1.0 a in place we're going to actually add more things to the creative commons and that's them trying to get things back into uh you know they're trying they're trying to buy back good graces and i think actually if they were to continue in doing so they could probably they probably could but i'm not sure how long they'll be able to continue to do that before short-term memory uh kicks in if right. that makes sense yeah no i mean that makes sense um they're yeah they they have lost the confidence of the gaming community and in doing so mm -hmm. that gaming community has turned to the people who have always acted with that integrity and oddly enough this is or you're also not even necessarily ad acted with integrity but mm -hmm. just haven't fucked up yet <laughs> yeah that's true. well i mean there's still there's still you know the, the people from you know the 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 team from uh paizo they were around when they when they originally started they went off and did their own thing mm -hmm. you know and they're still they're still yeah they haven't fucked up yet because they're acting they're doing right yeah. you know and and you're also dealing with a group of people who who fall into one of several camps one of which is either the good guys win because they're the good guys and they have strength of character or we're evil motherfuckers and we're going to screw you over and you know they put themselves hasbro's put themselves on the wrong side of both groups <laughs> you know because you know both of them are going to go hey you're doing something we don't like we're gonna we're gonna self-correct that and D D, because it is a party-based game i think it ain't we'll tie it tabletop role-playing uh, in and of yeah. itself because it is a community-based uh community-based thing you can't just sit down and play D D by yourself that's called writing uh, <laughs> that's called writing a novel uh, <clears throat> but um so because it is tell, tell us truthfully ben uh-huh how, how often do do uh do things come out different than you were expected be, than you were expecting because in your stories because you rolled a die to see what happened Okay, I've never done that. Uh, I've never done where I rolled a die to see what happened. However, <laughs> I had a game that was going in a different direction than I wanted it to, and thus I wrote The Demon's Apprentice. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, the thing is, is that gaming, tabletop gaming, is inherently a community thing. <laughs> and when you try to be that monolith and police that community, in a direction that community does not want to go, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like a meta railroading <laughs> is what they were attempting there. Exactly. Yeah, you realize you are the GM, but your table can get up and fucking leave, and they did. Yep. <laughs> you yeah, know. Well, and, you know, and again, it's like another analogous thing. It's like, okay, well, what makes you a GM? The fact that you have players. What makes you a company? The fact that you have fucking customers. Right, exactly. And then, you know, and the fact that, hey, you know what? There's nothing else that matches you. Now there is. And it's because you made it so that the people who were doing stuff alongside you suddenly saw you as the enemy. And it, my, my general, like, attitude about, like, <clears throat> Wizards of the Coast and the State of d, &D and all this stuff is kind of like... Um, 
I don't know what the best word for it is, maybe like mm -hmm. um, ambivalent or neutral or something along those lines where it's like true neutral, maybe little alignment joke there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, <laughs> the way I look at it is like, okay, like I don't want them to crash and burn. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have the spite for them or whatever, but at the same time, it's like, okay, either. you let the mask yeah. slip and now I know who you are. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't trust you and I'll never trust you no matter how much back paddling. You. So I'm looking at this in much a more of a like detached um, utilitarian mercenary, whatever you want to call it, you know, kind mm -hmm. of way when it comes to like my relationship with like D and D and wizards of the coast now, whereas before this happened, there is a little more like warm fuzzy going on where like, I liked it as a property more, you know? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I respected the history of it and shit. Like I have that art and arcana book, by the way, the history of D and D and all this is really awesome. Reddit covered. Yeah. Recommend yeah. it. But now it's like, okay, well, like this franchise is kind of like, you kind of have to recognize when something changes. And yeah. it's like, it's not really the thing that it was anymore. Yeah, it's called Dungeons, but it's not really the same thing to a good yeah. extent. And it's kind of like your relationship with another human being, perhaps. Like, you can mm -hmm. be great friends with somebody when you're in junior high, and then, like, mm -hmm. you, you know, like, your paths cross again when, like, you know, you're 30 years old or something. It's, it's not even the same person, right? Right. Yeah, it's the same mm -hmm. person, but it's not. Because mm -hmm. we change as we grow and experience things and have different life changes and events and whatever it's like yeah it's the same person but it's not like it's not mm. the same person you knew back then it's completely fucking different yeah so right you know it's like yeah. that's kind of where i'm at with like D D and wizards right now it's like mm -hmm. i know i'm not shaking my fist at him like oh man mm -hmm. i hate him and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk shit about them like aggressively but like if somebody asked mm -hmm. my opinion i'm gonna be frank mm -hmm. about it and i'm gonna call them right. out so that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. I'm in this kind of limbo yeah. period where it's like, yeah, I still like the game and the system in general, but like, I, pr mm -hmm. you know, it'll probably like from a tangible, tangible financial type thing, I'll mm -hmm. probably spend less, if anything, mm -hmm. as opposed to what mm -hmm. I would have before this happened. But it's not right. It's more of me shrugging my shoulders and like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And because it comes down to it, it's what we love is not just Dungeons and Dragons. I mean that's like right. that's the clothes we wear to the party. Yeah. But it's but, the people and it's the overall concept and yeah, you know, it's tabletop, tabletop role playing role playing in general. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the game. It's not it's not D D, it's the game. And I think that's what Hasbro completely forgot is that you don't have a singular lock on the idea of a game. Yeah. <clears throat> and even if you were to, even if they were to have gotten away with this, if they were to have gone, Oh, we, you know, and then yeah, everybody would have left that party because you changed the music. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the irony of it is if, if they quote unquote got their way and did the thing they're playing and doing, you know, they would have argued harder. It would have been much worse than as it is now, which is yeah. hard to imagine, I'm sure, because they're getting reamed right now. But it's like, yeah, if they just yeah, would, done yeah. the thing, it would be so much worse. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm like, well, okay. I yeah. guess, uh, like, it, it would have been a situation of, well, okay, as soon as our contract is up, Critical Role's now playing Pathfinder again. Right? Yep. Or, you know, or Cobalt Press or yeah, whatever. You know. system for that matter. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because if, yeah. if, yeah. if Matt, yeah, if Matt make Mercer... up our own system based off of the position of the moon. Honestly, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it's, it's licensed right. for money, like with their with their large and rabid fan base. Let's be yeah. real. Um, oh yeah, I mean, they, he'd yeah. already actually uh, Mercer had actually already kind of talked about like developing his own 
system potentially. Mm-hmm. He, 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 I think it's like some sort of like sci-fi mage-esque kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the point cool. is like those are art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and you've got it's already and, and, like it's already a thing. Like it's already going to happen at some. Point. Yeah, and and you've got again in that in that whole in that content creator community. That's the other thing is these guys are ambassadors. These folks are ambassadors for the you know for us. Uh, yeah. So you've got these, you know, you've got, uh, you know, these names that wander from group to group that bring their own personal fans with them and then take fans, you know, from, so yeah, it becomes this huge, this huge thriving, growing community. So you learn about, you know, from Critical Role, you, you know, Abrea Irongar shows up, you learn about Dimension 20, fucking Brennan Lee Mulligan shows up, you know, and yeah, you learn about the, baby. Exactly. Also, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 worth drawing a comparison momentarily to um, mm-hmm. between this and Nintendo of all companies. Um, Nintendo lost has pretty much lost the last uh, video game war. The last the last <laughs> console generation, war, mm-hmm. um, i.e., with the Wii U. Yeah, the Wii U was a total failure. Things. One right? because of a fail of a failure to communicate, and two because of their absolutely apeshit draconian concepts of video sharing, reviews, and streaming. Yeah. Like that's true. everyone talks about, man, the, the messaging on the Wii U is bad. Wii U had plenty of good games, but mm-hmm. Nintendo was like, well, you want to put up YouTube videos of you playing your Wii U. Mm-hmm. We get 20% of that. Right. Yeah. Nintendo, want, Nintendo's handling of anything internet related has been yeah. hot garbage for a long time. Like they, they, they they've gotten a little bit better from like now in the switch era. Also the switch is just a monstrously killer console because of the whole, you can take it with you where you go. Um, Mm -hmm. thing like it's funny because the Wii U is kind of like a, uh, like a protoplasm, like a, like a, you know, like an old type, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a, there's another, I'm I'm combining two different words. There's my my brain is on the cusp of it. Prototype? Well, there's prototype, <laughs> yes, but I don't know. Yeah, it anyway. just, yeah. It just, you, but you're right. It is It is some of those things where they, you know, because of how badly they handled it, they've suffered terribly. And again, it comes down to the fact that they don't understand their customers. The only big difference between Wizards of the Coast and Nintendo mm-hmm. is that unlike Nintendo, Wizards of the Coast doesn't own Mario and Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have like killer IP like Nintendo does. Yes, right. like they they and don't really fair. have like they they have some IP. They but really for the most part, what they have is rule systems. Here's right? the thing with Nintendo, it's like um, <laughs> it, it's like uh, there's so many other aspects of it that like they get right mm-hmm. and that people are like appreciative of or have nostalgia for or, like still like mm-hmm. you know are playing mm-hmm. these like IPs like you mentioned to this day and it's like. Um, whatever it's and now granted it's a significant thing fucking up a lot of the online related stuff but mm-hmm. even it's like there's always a bridge there there's always a way to like come back right it's like yeah. people don't want to mm-hmm. not like nintendo they're just sad that nintendo isn't stepping up to the plate they want them to be better. they want them to each pull their head out of their butt and be yeah. like a right. smart and company. they, they, and they did a while back like they've reversed yeah. most of their internet policies because now with wizards it's kind of the other way around to an extent with a lot of people where it's like we, we have a cynical view of like how they've managed the company and how they've done a lot of the stuff and where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we expect them to be kind of shitty and that's the default. Mm-hmm. And when they do something cool, we're like, hey, look at them. Yeah, all right. 
Right, it's like yeah. that. It's like that good for nothing cousin that you know. Hey, they got a job and held it for a while or whatever. It's like, oh, that surprises me. I'm pleasantly surprised. Right. <laughs> Whereas in Nintendo, right. it's the other way around. It's like, hey, this is a genuinely good dude, but like they just don't get it. And yeah, maybe one of these days we'll we'll figure it out. And then when they do, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, yeah, come on back to the party. Like you want yeah. them to be there. Again. But it's like, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah, you want you the want them to, you want them to do right. Yeah, you want them to do right, but it, by the same token, you're, you're so used to them not, you know, um, and, and that that's the that's the you know, part of the problem you run into with with something like that is, you know, yeah, you're disappointed. You want, them, but it's not going to stop your love of what you love. But that guy showing up, you know, that guy showing up with, you know, with the bottle to put into the punch is going to make you want to stop drinking that punch. <laughs> and also, I think, it, you know, it bears kind of quasi repeating that the thing that we're, the thing that we're like, you know, appreciating mm-hmm. and like having the warm fuzzies towards is mm-hmm. like the entertainment and the memories we have that comes with it with our family and friends and stuff. It's not the company itself. It's not like I want to reach out and hug Nintendo. It's like, no, what I love about Nintendo is like, playing it today with my brother when I was a kid and my cousin and like having mm-hmm. like, you know, like playing Zelda with my wife and stuff. Like those are the things that make, it's the context in which I do the thing, right? Yeah. It's not the thing right. itself. And it's the same thing with what we're talking about with, you know, tabletop gaming and D&D specifically. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't have some, like, I don't, I'm not going to send a fucking Valentine's day card to wizards of the coast, but like, you know, the, yeah. the stuff well, that they have provided. I wouldn't send a Valentine's Day card to Wizards of the Coast right now anyway. It'd be very late. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, yeah. But it's just or one of those incredibly things early. That, I'm like. Right. Well, we, you know, but it, it is. And again, it comes down to the whole thing is fan, fan run. Yeah. You know, and you can't do it without us. Yeah. Like the tabletop RPG companies in general live and die by fan, re- by fan reaction. And I, I, I think mean, part I think of it that too is the management thing, right? It's like when D and D was older, it was more like you know it was a smaller scale, and like the people that yeah. were do, like making the big decisions and like intimately involved with it were like there were people that just loved it, just like you and me. Like I mean, every, everyone know. says Gary Gygax was just like one of the nicest people ever. Um, yeah, and it's like I feel like you know when after Wizards um, bought it um, at a certain point, um, you know it just became more like I don't know. It was like it was like the creatives were kind of tolerated because they were necessary to, to, to create the product as opposed to the creatives were the company and then the business stuff was factored in so that you could continue to provide the art and creativity. It's like the, it was a complete swap, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, you got to be able to like pay the bills and pay your employees. And like, you know, it's like it, mm-hmm. it is a business. It's just the entertainment mm-hmm. business, you know, gaming business or whatever. But like, it's just it, the pendulum swung so far. Yeah. That mm-hmm. like you can just, it's a palpable thing and you can just feel yeah. it. It's like it's not the same like company game that it was like pre wizard. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and I think it comes down to you know I inadvertently stumbled upon this, something that makes a lot of sense to me is Hasbro looks at the community and sees them. Paizo Cobalt Press looks at the community and sees us, and I think that has become the thing of you know you. Whenever you get to, again, we, we hit to corporations, you know, they, yeah, they're the big battleship that turns slowly because everything's got to be done to please the, uh, you know, please the stockholders, uh, you know, and as opposed to, hey, let's, let's actually, you know, look at what our customers want. Let's actually serve our customers, not our stockholders. Yeah. The thing about it is that like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
to to a great extent, those are the same thing. Like mm -hmm. in theory, that's how business is supposed to work. Like you're not going to be profitable if you're not actually providing a decent product and serving your customer. But it gets right. to a point where like you have a pre-existing IP or property or whatever it is. And then mm -hmm. like new people are in charge or to get bought out or whatever. And then it's like, mm -hmm. then it becomes what you're describing, Ben, where it's just like, okay, well, mm -hmm. we're just kind of going through the motions or we're going to try to like, you know, sneak mm -hmm. things in or like do whatever we can to just kind of maximize profits. And they lose sight of the fact that in doing mm -hmm. so, they tarnish their reputation and burn the goodwill that they have. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you exactly. might be able to squeeze some extra money out short term, but long term, your business just goes down the shitter anyway. And the sad thing right. about it is there are a lot of like unscrupulous people they get in mm -hmm. these positions and then they're like, well, fuck, I'm just going to retire with my golden parachute. I don't give a fuck if the company, you know, like sinks right. like a few right. years after I'm gone. I'm rich. Yeah. I'm done. I'm retired. Fuck them. Like that's the, that's, you know, and you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's human nature, unfortunately. Right. Um, unfortunately. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because, um, you know, I believe in uh, <clears throat> free enterprise and all that good stuff doesn't mean I'm not realistic about the nature of, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. human beings. I just, I look right. at it as like, um it's the worst system except all the other systems of economics <laughs> right so, you know i'm sure there, there's a yeah. famous quote by you know at least a couple of people the, uh, along I those think lines. what you're what you're paraphrasing is winston churchill yeah probably um, although was, i don't know was he talking about capitalism or are you talking, are you talking about democracy winston churchill said democracy is the worst form of government yes except all the others except for all the other ones right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of yeah, a bit of an apples and oranges thing, but yeah, they can be related. Anyway, point is, yeah, they lost sight of what made them what they are, and now they're paying the price. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. I mean, that's the thing. And we have lost sight of the clock. Um, <laughs> it's eleven fifteen, right? Yeah, we've been uh, we've been going here. It, well, actually, honestly, we're just we're we're we're, we're, we're at about time. time yeah, we're right about it time. It is yeah. it is wrap up time, as they say. Um, so yeah. I feel like the, we've all triangulated around the same general ideas. Yeah, anyway. the summary. Watsi done fucked up. Yeah, they fucked up hard. They're, they really they're, fucked they're, up hard. Whether or not they can, what uh, whether or not they can write the ship um, mm -hmm. is uh, like that remains to be seen. Like it's it, yeah. Like yeah. we're we're only a month into the fallout. Um, they could still recover. Like it's hard yeah. to see what they really need to do now is have something is they need a win of some sort yes absolutely. Um, well and it yeah. bears and it, it bears mentioning um whenever a fourth edition came out and was extremely unpopular you know like mm -hmm. a lot of people were like oh well they shit the bed and there's no coming back from this and then mm -hmm. look what happened to fifth edition giant fucking yeah. success right so it's like well, yeah. but they're by no means dead and gone they've just been yeah. knocked down for the count of yeah they got knocked they down but they may up. get up again yeah yeah they lost yeah they lost they lost a battle you know and i think that's you know that's an important if they learn that lesson you know then they're good but and, you know overall really i do important. i do want good things uh for the the, the ip and stuff like there's still a lot of good people that work there and there's a lot of good people that like oh, appreciate yeah. the uh, you know, the, the mm -hmm. game and the brand and the, all that good shit. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I want everybody to have a win, but like yeah, at the most, same time, most of the people I don't want that to be at the yeah. expense of like yeah. people doing things ethically, you know, from, from yeah. all the reporting and internal and, and like internal anonymous sources and such, like apparently mm -hmm. what's the coast is great to work for as long as you ignore the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Sure because yeah, the CEO doesn't mm -hmm. know, like 
the CEO is not one of us, but right, right. most, but like 99% of everyone else who works for Watsi is. That's why do, they work for Watsi. I do want to make a quick distinction though. Like there can be plenty of great CEOs that like aren't quote unquote one of us when it comes to like whatever they're like product mm-hmm. or service or general mm-hmm. thing is in the company like if they're a good well leader, when i say not, not one of us i mean actively doesn't dislikes gamer the gamers tm um mm-hmm. like the, the from from well, that's a, that's another what coverage i have gotten is us. what what coverage i have i have seen is that they think poorly you mean they actually have the, active okay well that's different they have their, active disdain for their own yeah. customer base that's that's very different yeah right. we're a bunch we're a bunch of stupid nerds right fair so yeah i I think that is a that is a that is a a good under you know uh, that's another thing too by the way and that's i'm glad you brought that up because um that's worth mentioning when we're having this discussion is like you know i talked about my feelings about the um about the state of watsi and D and stuff and it's like that's kind mm-hmm. of the straw that breaks the camel's back where it's like okay well i don't want to give money to people that hate me so yeah. no thanks mm-hmm. you know i well and like i haven't given money to to watsi for years but not because of anything they did just like i didn't i don't particularly you just don't like care. their product like yeah I, I i like i like magic arena but i haven't paid a penny on it because right. I don't have to, yeah. Right. Um, like, if 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 I suddenly had to pay fifteen dollars a month to play Magic: The Gathering Arena, I wouldn't play it anymore. Right. I have well, plenty of other games on my phone. <laughs> well, and and Twitter is learning that now. <laughs> you know, when they're trying to charge for services, and people are going, "Oh, hell no!" Oh, you oh. Know? Um, fun, fun little, uh, fun little thing. Uh, Facebook's going to do the same thing. Yeah, they're gonna. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're gonna flip. That something, literally but... just got reported on. Like, I just heard a story on that on All Things Considered today. So, yeah. like, breaking news: Facebook has decided that uh, that they want to emulate Twitter's. Uh, well, it's not exactly analogous because you're talking about like optional premium shit on top yeah. of just using the platform mm-hmm. or service as opposed to what you were describing earlier where you're saying, oh, well, right. if, I, if I do it at all, I have to pay some kind of subscription. It's, yeah, it's kind like of like scenarios. I, yes, I, I know. It's just... And Twitter has actually had a... He brought it up. So. ...active users. A lot of yeah. advertisers coming back, so I don't think... Ben, it's ben brought it up, so like I'm just saying Facebook's like, going to do it, do that too. And but yes, that is also we'll, true. We'll see, how that co- we'll see how that plays out. Right. Well, there's it was mostly just a, stand-alone. oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey, because the, because the whole like metaverse thing is a giant turd in the bed that nobody cares about. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, too. That's another episode, gentlemen. Right. If oh, wanna... yeah. Put it on the list. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, cringe. That's so meta. It's time. <laughs> right. um, Good stuff. Thank you for coming out. Um, I my expectation is that before the March official episode will be uh the mini micro pseudo sode that uh that i have planned that i am still being cagey about so look forward right. to that okay sometime once i can figure out when we can get together to record it coming soon tm yes in the meantime this has been neil the one true ben and mike and we will talk to you next time on geek fanthology This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way. <laughs>